So, hello, welcome back to another episode of the SDWT podcast or self-development with tactics podcast. And we are going ahead with the psychology of money by Morgan Hausler with a quote on the very bottom that I didn't see actually. One of the best and most original finance books in yes, Jason Zweig. Zweig, however you pronounce it. But we are going ahead with, I guess, the eighth chapter or something like that. I actually do not really know. No, the ninth one. No, actually also not the ninth one, but the tenth one. Building wealth has little to do with your income or investment returns and lots to do with your savings rate. Independence at any income level is driven by your savings rate. Note C, FIRE Financial, oh FIRE, in brackets, or it is a, do you call this an acronym? I don't know. Financial Independence Retire Early, so FIRE, F-I-R-E, you know. Personal Savings and Frugality, Finances, Conservation and Efficiency. It's actually conservation, I thought about yeah, anyway, are parts of the money equation that are more in your control and have a 100% chance of being as effective in the future as they are today. Wealth is just the accumulated leftovers after you spend what you take in. And since you can build wealth without a high income, but have no chance of building wealth without a high savings rate, it's clear which one matters more. Learning to be happy with less money creates a gap between what you have and what you want. Similar to the gap you get from growing your paycheck, but easier and more in control. A high savings rate means having lower expenses than you otherwise than you otherwise could, and having lower expenses means your savings go farther than uh, the than they would if you spend more. Which really makes sense, you know, if you think about it. The more money you have available that you're not using, the wealthier you are. So the question that I'm now having is investing your money. Um, is this using your money then? Because, you know, theoretically you're buying something, you know, stocks, whatever it might be. So I think, yeah, it is spending money. So is this just, well, I think in the long term it is building your wealth or it is just helping you to build your wealth. But in the short term, it clearly is not building your wealth, but actually kind of the opposite, isn't it? You know, because you're essentially spending your money, even if it is for a good sake, even if it is something good. Um, spending beyond a pretty low level of materialism is mostly a reflection of ego approaching income, a way to spend money to show people that you have or had money. Think of it like this. And one of the most powerful ways to increase your savings isn't to raise your income. It's to raise your humility. When you define savings as the gap between your ego and your income, re you realize why many people with decent incomes save so little. Savings can be created by spending less. You can spend less if you desire less, and you will desire less if you care less about what others think of you. You don't need a specific reason to save. You can save just for savings' sake, and indeed, you should. Everyone should. Everyone knows the tangible stuff money buys. The intangible stuff is hard, harder to wrap your head around, so it tends to go unnoticed. But the intangible benefits of money can be far more valuable and capable of increasing your happiness than the tangible things that are obvious targets of our savings. Savings without a spending goal gives you options and flexibility. 
the ability to wait and the opportunity to bounce. It gives you time to think, it lets you change course on your own terms. Savings in a bank that earn 0% interest might actually generate an extraordinary return if they give you the flexibility to take a job with a lower salary but more purpose or wait for investment opportunities that come when those without flexibility turn desperate. If you have flexibility, you can wait for good opportunities, both in your career and for your investments. You'll have a better chance of being able to learn a new skill when it's necessary. You'll have less urgency to chase competitors who can do things you can't and have more leeway to find your passion and your niche at your own pace. You can find a new routine, a slower pace and think about life with a different set of assumptions. Having more control over your time and options is becoming one of the most valuable currencies in the world. Less ego, more wealth. Saving money is the gap between your ego and your income and wealth is what you don't see. So in general, I am a really big fan of saving your money. And why is actually everything so orangey today? Especially me, you know, which is not that unusual to be honest. I think saving is a great thing. I think everyone should be saving and everyone should be a bit more frugal with their money. Um, I tend to be quite extreme, you know, uh, even though I've gotten better with it, I've gotten better with uh, spending my money and, you know, trying to use it for things that benefit me in the long run. I still am quite thinking about every single thing that I'm buying whether I actually need it, if it is serving me in any way, if this is something that I indeed have to buy. Also when it comes to food and or especially when it comes to food, since it is kind of the, the only things that I'm buying, you know. The only thing that I'm spending my, ma my money on at the time is my flat, which is actually a huge, huge, huge thing, unfortunately, but... Um, it is what it is. And so I, I really also try hard to get the most out of it by, for example, um, well, doing business stuff, you know, trying to do as much business stuff as I can and trying to produce as much, you know, content as I can, which um, I came to the conclusion of fairly late, to, to be honest, unfortunately, but I really am trying to be quite good with these things and you know just try to get the most out of it because i should you know it's it's the smartest way to to deal with things um second of all um food and third of all that is quite it you know sometimes i'm buying some supplements which you know are things i do not really need but you know in the end it is an investment into myself into my body and I'm just taking it as this, you know, and some other things I just need to buy, like my train ticket and, um, well, some other things. You know, I, I do not have a lot of things that I buy for just the sake of, I don't know, convenience. I really don't like that. And also fun, you know, most things that are, that are fun for me do not evolve just any sort of payment. It's riding my bike. Of course, sometimes my bike breaks down and I need to kind of repair it or I need to just get some oil for the chain and so on and so forth. I really dislike that, but I'm then always trying to, as well as with food, I'm just trying to to go to those places where I know I'm going to get the, the best price for what I'm willing to pay and also making sure that I'm quite only 
buying the things that I really need and um, that are pretty cost effective as well, you know. So, for example, um, am I going to buy fresh broccoli if I can get just some frozen one way, way, way cheaper? Um, I'm going to get the frozen one, you know. So, and also spinach, you know. Am I going to buy some fresh spinach, some non-frozen spinach? Well, no, you know, it is way too expensive for what I'm getting out of it, especially compared to the frozen one. Of course, there might be some reduction in, in nutritional facts or in macronutrients or nutrients in general. But, uh, well, you know, I I'm taking that. I really am, you know. I think that everyone should really try to save as much money as he or she can by automating things as well. You know, having uh, a savings account and, you know, just trying to, to push as much money into the savings account as you can. And, yeah, that is quite it. Let's see. And I, in general, because, well, I, I actually nearly forgot about that, thinking about other people and really, maybe also consciously, spending your money on things to make people feel differently about you is one of the fucking dumbest things that one can actually do. Like, why? Does it really matter what anybody thinks about you? And I would actually say that um, one should be doing things consciously that one knows uh, are not going to be uh, favored by anybody. You know, having a weird haircut, uh, having weird clothes, you know, maybe some that do not fit that well, maybe some that might be pretty old or whatnot, just because nobody cares and just because you shouldn't care as well. Of course, there are going to be some situations in life where you uh, need to look a certain way and where you should also look a certain way, you know, job interviews and, and, and stuff like this, also your wedding, you know, once in a lifetime things, of course, they, they should be nice and spending money on these things, it is fine because, I don't know, just going to grave with all the money that you have, you know, what's the benefit of that? Like, I think there needs to be a healthy balance of, okay, I'm going to be pretty frugal and I'm going to save quite a lot of money, but I'm going to spend it on ways and things that that are just worth it, you know, also investments and so on and so forth. I think this is reasonable and pretty smart. Reasonable over rational. Do not aim to be coldly rational when making financial decisions. Aim to just be pretty reasonable. Reasonable is more realistic and you have a better chance of sticking with it for the long run, which is what matters when uh, matters most, I'm sorry, when managing money. What is often overlooked in finance is that something can be technically true, but contextually nonsense. A rational investor makes decisions based on numeric facts. A reasonable investor makes them in a conference room surrounded by co-workers. He wants to think highly of you, with a spouse you don't want to let down, or judged against the silly but realistic com competitors that are... What is going on? Have I... Oh, I haven't. Uh, or charged against the silly but realistic competitors that are your brother-in-law, your neighbor, and your own personal doubts. Investing has a social com has a social component that is often ignored when viewed through a strictly financial lens. And this is, I think, what I meant with having a healthy balance, you know, between spending and saving. Of course you want to have a great time and this is something that i completely ditched you know the thing is 
I, when I had my girlfriend, my first one and my, my last one actually, I really was also in a mindset of, or I had the mindset of, okay, I just don't want to spend any money, you know, because this is who I was and it, it was what it was, you know. I think that for my overall progression as a human being and as me, um, it's been quite good, you know. I've I've actually stick to this frugal lifestyle. Um, yeah, I, I could actually be more frugal, uh, theoretically, but uh, yeah, I think that I'm just doing quite well. The thing was, it, it's not that of a nice thing for a relationship when you're not doing anything, you know? You're not experiencing anything, you're not just uh, going onto any vacations that in the end, you know, I would say vacations and seeing new things and experiences in general, you know, these are things you can spend your money on and it is fine to spend your money on these things because, like, you're only once on this fucking planet, you know? Why would you be sitting at home all day long just not doing anything, you know? What is the benefit of that? I know I would also argue that making more money, which gives you the ability to do more of these things, potentially, unless you save for them strategically, uh, you know, this is one of the only reasons why I think making money and or more money is great, you know, because it gives you more opportunities to, you know, help others, but also experience more and just have an overall um, well, I don't want to say more fulfilling life because it doesn't necessarily have to be the case, but you are able to experience more things in your life and, and pack it full with just new stuff that you would not be able to do without any money. Like, this is one of the only reasons why I think making money is just making, well, making a ton of money is great just for the sake of seeing new things, experiencing new things, meeting new people, whatever it might be, you know, things that you can only do once quite in terms of you only have one life and you should be doing these things. And so I think it is also uh, actually a very good advice to, to just, you know, save, be frugal, but, you know, do not harm yourself as much. Surprise. The correct lesson to learn from surprise is that the world is surprising. But I actually want to add something to uh, the one point before. You also need to have the mindset of, okay, I'm going to spend my money on experiences and I'm willing to spend my money on these things, which I'm not having. Like, I really have a hard time to spend my money, uh, for example, on vacations, on, on, on some other things. I really hate that about myself, to be honest. I really, really, really do, because, um, because like, why? You know, I'm I'm only here once. Why do I restrict myself of just you know doing these things? I don't know. Maybe I also feel like I'm not having enough money, as I you know would be able to do so, especially in the position that I am right now with my own flat having to pay for it and whatnot, I would actually have to really, really, really be strategic about my savings um, so that I could actually pull that off. But yeah, surprise. The correct lesson to learn from surprises is that the world is surprising. Not that we should use past surprises as a guide to future boundaries, that we should use past surprises as an admission that we have no idea what might happen next, History is the study of change, ironically used as a map of the future. 
It is smart to have a deep appreciation for economic and investing in history. History helps us calibrate our expectations, study where people tend to go wrong and offers a rough guide of what tends to work. But it is not in any way a map of the future. A trap many investors fall into is what I call historians as profits fallacy. An over-reliance on past data as a signal to future conditions in a field where innovation and change are the lifeblood of progress. The most important driver of anything tied to money is the stories people tell themselves and the preferences they have for goods and services. Those things don't tend to, to sit still. They change with culture and generation. They are always changing and always will. The most important economic events of the future, things that will move the needle the most, are things that history gives us little to no guide about. They will un uh, what? They will be unprecedented events. Their unprecedented nature means we won't be prepared for them, which is part of what makes them so impactful. This is true for both scary events like recessions and wars and great events like innovation. History can be misleading, can be a misleading guide to the future of the economy and stock market because it doesn't account for structural changes that are relevant to today's world. The further back in history you look, the more general your takeaways should be. General things like people's relation uh, people's relationship to greed and fear have uh, how they behave under stress and how they respond to incentives tends to be stable in time. The history of money is useful for that kind of stuff, but specific trends, specific trades, specific sectors, specific casual relationships about markets and what people should do with their money are always an example of evolution in progress. Historians are not prophets. A very, very important, I think. Um, and well, there's actually nothing to add there. History and the past is a good guide, most often, but it is nothing that, that is going to happen for sure. You know, of course, there are going to be chances and there are going to be possibilities. Maybe there's actually an 80% an possibility according to certain data or certain data, um, but 80% is not 100%. You know, it's never going to be 100%. You know, there's always a slight chance of something unexpected to happen or a surprise to happen, whether it is a negative one or a positive one. Um, it is what it is. You know, we, we can't change that. Of course, you can go for possibilities and also make sure that uh, whenever something fails or whenever something hits the fan, that it is not going to be detrimental. Very important. You know, you're not going to just... Uh, put everything into one basket because when this one basket bursts well what are you gonna do with it what are you gonna do about it so i think that being smart about things often really makes sense you know just making sure that things are safe just not having some some crazy risks but just also knowing that there's always going to be a risk and that there's always maybe and well there's always the potential for something to happen something unexpected and potentially something bad to happen but yeah gonna end the episode there wish you the best and hopefully see you soon Bye bye